Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now, here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. As you know, I love coffee, but did you also know that I love having pastries with my coffee? Yes, I am a self-confessed pastry addict or sugar addict or sweets addict or whatever you want to say. I really enjoy having a nice, delicious pastry with my coffee. I like croissants, macarons, I love danishes, cinnamon buns. And you know what's interesting? Even though I love chocolate in its pure form, I really don't like chocolate cake or chocolate anything, which is really bizarre. I, I can't explain it, but there it is. But everything else is open to me. And Winnipeg is so blessed with having so many wonderful bakeries. And one of my favorite bakeries is La Belle Baguette. And the owner, and I would say head baker perhaps, is Alex Wassell. And we have him as our guest today on our show. So please help me welcome Alex. Hey, Alex. How are you today? Good, thanks. So you just finished delivering your orders because you have a number of accounts throughout, would you say Manitoba or strictly Winnipeg? Uh, just Winnipeg, yeah. And we'll get to that in a second because I want to know how you got started with that. But I guess my first question to you is, why did you become a baker or why did you get into baking as a career? Well, as a career, it wasn't my first choice. Uh, I grew up really with two passions. Music was like my first kind of career, love, whatever. Uh, so I was like growing up playing piano. And like, I, I was always, you know, going towards that goal of becoming a, a band teacher kind of thing, even to the point that I went to Brandon University and took just like a couple semesters of, of music education classes. But baking was always in the background. And I took a year off of university and then went to culinary school. And there you go. It became, <laughs> it became my, my plan B and just stuck with that. So. It was always something that I did growing up with my grandmothers and such. So. Oh, that's wonderful. And and even though we've known each other for a number of years, I don't think I ever knew that you actually started out in music. So that's that's interesting to, to hear that. Yeah, I'm a classically trained pianist and a trombone player also. <laughs> oh my goodness, trombone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of all the instruments. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's wonderful. And it's interesting because when I think about music, you know, you think about being creative in terms of, you know, composing your own music, or even when you're playing other music, you tend to put your own spin on it, don't you? Yeah, I've I've always, and I still do, I mean, to this day, write music when I have a second <laughs> of time. <laughs> but yeah, I do like to write my own and to, to play classical pieces too, so. Yeah. And you know what, I want to relate to the music to to baking, because even though you are following recipes when you're baking, uh, you tend to become very creative or or in your case, because you are so creative. You know, we'll get to that in a second when I when I want to talk about all the wonderful things that you've created in the past. But I, you know, it, it makes sense that you wanted to follow your passion. So first in music and then into baking, because for me, Baking is the way I relax, but I'm sure for you, music is probably the way to relax, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Even though, well, now it's if, if I have a stressful day baking, then I go back to music. <laughs> it's like they balance each other out. <laughs> so. Do you ever play music in the background when you're baking? Uh, yeah, but not not really classical, more, oh, I don't know, I listen to this and everything. I mean, I listen to a lot of international music and and pop and movie music uh, a lot of movie music it's i really like that style but yeah i like the soundtracks as well and uh and you know jazz for me for me jazz and different variations because everyone does it just a little differently um i find that 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 also relaxes me and i also play that when i'm baking so i have both of those to help me relax <laughs> So I want to talk about your creativity because you are so amazing in how you come up with so many different variations. So it depends on the season. So let's talk about Thanksgiving and autumn, your your pumpkin creations, you know, and your croissants. Now you've done, let's see, you've done pumpkin croissants, you've done jalapeno, you've done cream cheese, I want to say. Um, for Christmas, then of course you have your, your, your chocolate and your almond croissants. And I think your almond croissants are probably your best sellers, aren't they? Definitely. It's actually the best selling item in our bakery since the first day we've opened our doors. It's uh, in numerical numbers. It's, it's what we sell the most. Um, so if we don't have any at any point in time during the day, people let us know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely something that we have to make sure that that we're in measure to make at all at all times. So mm-hmm. but as for the other flavors that we make, like we've got the regular croissant and chocolate croissant and uh, a cheese croissant, which we use uh, Bothwell um, cheese, of course. But then all the other ones kind of started as specials. So like our everything croissant, which has a garlic cream cheese inside or the Nutella croissant or any of the summery flavors like the berry croissants, blueberry, strawberry, mixed berry, they all were specials. And if we, they just keep selling, well, we just keep making. Um, apart from like the ones that are really seasonal, like you mentioned the the pumpkin, pumpkin spice croissants in the fall or the one that we're going to have in the next few weeks starting the eggnog croissants. So, Ooh, eggnog. And I remember in the summer, I think you made a cherry croissant. Yeah. Well, it's really like whatever we can get our hands on, right? I mean, especially in the past few years, <laughs> whatever, whatever we could, 
we could get or was supplied to us. But we definitely have a lot of fun, um, not just myself, but my whole team. You know, we do our day-to-day stuff that we have to have, but it's definitely we're all so passionate about what we do and, and creating variations is is what keeps us going. Absolutely. And I know you've probably been asked this several times uh, throughout your career, but where do those like ideas come from? You know, is it just one day, you know, after you've done your deliveries and you've got, you're sitting with a cup of coffee yourself and you're jotting down ideas, it's like, oh, so what can I do next? Or is it just, is it a collaboration with your staff? And it's like, okay, you guys, what else can we do? The staff definitely have uh, a lot of say when it comes to ideas. After having done this for such a long time, I, I kind of tend to repeat the same, you know, because I know all oh, this works. So we'll just go back to that. But I mean, every especially with social media now, everyone is so in tune with trends and, and flavors. Um, so we'll have like in the next few weeks, like a hot chocolate croissant, you know, just something fun like that instead of doing like a hot chocolate bomb or you know all those other trends we kind of just put our own spin on it and take the flavors and incorporate it in a croissant or a tart but it's definitely social media and seeing the trends and just taking input from from what the staff would want to try and I've definitely just giving them the reins a lot of times (laughs) and it's good to do that because everyone wants to feel that they're a part of the magic that you create in your bakeries and, you know, speaking of social media, I, I love that you post first thing in the morning what your croissant of the day is. And you you definitely warn us that, okay, limited <laughs> quantities, basically, <laughs> because basically if, if you don't get there like right away, they're sold out. Yeah. And I'll post, I'll post at three or four in the morning um, if we have a special and people will call us at five in the morning. And I mean, if I'm there, I'll answer, but like our team won't cause we're not open yet. But I mean, like I'll answer and it's like, uh, people working a night shift or something, you know, they're, they're, they're done their shift at 7am and, and they want to reserve. So yeah, I mean, we do limited quantities, right? Because everything is baked fresh every single day. So it's, it's uh, first come first serve. <laughs> And when I've waited too long, let's say um, I'm, I'm not able to check social media right away. And by the time I call, because I do call to order. And by the time I call, it's like, nope, we're sold out. And it's like, oh, yeah. gosh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've taken to checking first thing in the morning. And then if, if you have a special croissant and I can get there by three o'clock, uh, which is when you close, I will make the trip to, to pick it up. So it's just amazing, you know, when I, and I look forward to seeing your creations all the time and not just croissants, because you do a lot of really cool things with tarts, you know? So for instance, I really love your lemon meringue tart and I'm sure that's probably a big seller, isn't it? Yeah. The lemon meringue tart is, is definitely my favorite. So it's been on our menu since the beginning, the lemon meringue, the chocolate ganache, the maple cream tart are the three that we've had since day one of opening our doors. And then just like any other of our items, we make specials and if they're popular, we just keep them. So, I mean, the coconut cream tart is amazing. And uh, one of the newest one, the tiramisu tart, which is like a coffee flavored ganache with the mascarpone cream on top is amazing. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's sticking around too. 
I haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> yeah. And then for fall, we had a, a pumpkin spice ganache tart, which did really well too. So just like the croissants, you know, the tarts have the basics and then we got variations just like the danishes and everything else we make. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, aside from sweet, you also offer a number of savory options. And one of my favorite savory is your, is it croque monsieur? Mm-hmm. Tell us what goes into a croque monsieur. Well, I mean, traditionally, a croque monsieur is like a ham and Swiss cheese. And then a croque madame would have the egg on top. But we make it on a croissant. So it's one of our plain croissants with our homemade uh, mustard and uh, ham and Swiss cheese. And then on top, we put a uh, bechamel sauce, so a white sauce that we make with my um, own allspice, our own spice blend in it. And then more cheese on top, and then we roast it in the oven. So all those flavors kind of just all meld together. And yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's something. And, and now we offer a ham and Swiss, and we also offer uh, a turkey and cheddar option as well. So, oh, good to know. Yeah, they're very popular. Yeah, I love your cook, Monsieur, and I love that you make your own mustard because you've got the mustard seeds in there. So I can really, I can really taste it, and it adds a, it adds a beautiful uh, texture to to the sandwich because you've got the bechamel, which is very creamy, and then of course the cheese that's very creamy. So it adds that little bit of a bite, which I I really love. And um, you know, I remember the first time I had it. They asked if they could heat it up for me, and I said yes. And I meant to take it home, but confession time, I, I actually ate it in the car. <laughs> we hear that so quite a bit. Uh, some customers know themselves a bit more now, and they just get one put in a separate bag because they know <laughs> they're going to eat one right away, so might as well. <laughs> because, you know, it's just so good. It's just so good. And you start with one bite, and it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to finish it because what's the point of leaving the rest and taking it home? <laughs> because you know you want it, so... <laughs> you know, let's talk about your allspice uh, for a second, because how did that come about? Well, it's my grandmother's recipe. She created it for my great grandfather, who he put too much salt in his food and I had to watch his salt intake. So he's one of those people that would just like shake the salt shaker on top of everything, you know. So so she created this blend of spices, still has a bit of salt in it, but and she just called it allspice. And at first she just had it at home. And then she started making it for for her family. And so we'd always have some at home and we just put it on everything. And then uh, when she passed almost 10 years ago, I mean, that recipe kind of just got lost in the papers and no one really made any for for a few years. And then I was like, well, I mean, I own a food business. And I have this recipe and I really love it. So I just wanted to share it with everybody. And uh, so we just started bottling it and uh, selling it and it sells quite well. So I'm, I'm really happy to be sharing that that family recipe with everybody. Oh, that's wonderful. And and actually, I, I do the same. I put it on everything. Well, except nothing sweet, but... Yeah, but it's good like eggs, breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, on eggs. It's amazing in soups. It's great when you're roasting a chicken or any meat dishes. It pairs with so many things. Egg salad. In our egg salad that we make, there's allspice in there. 
Uh, not so secret secret. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very versatile for sure. Mm-hmm. I put it on roasted vegetables as well. Oh yeah, that's great. And then uh, baked potatoes. So mm-hmm. I have other herb mixtures that are good, but they have a very distinctive flavor. And yours, it doesn't really stand out. Like there's not one that stands out more than the other. It, it almost seems like it's that perfect blend of, of spices. And I know because it's a family recipe, you don't want to share what goes <laughs> in it. <laughs> but just to know that, in my opinion, it's the perfect blend and it enhances the food that you put it on. And so I'm happy to be able to use that uh, at home. Thanks. Yeah, we're really proud to see it, see people how they use it. it gives us ideas too. So it's pretty great. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's get back to the show. Now I want to talk about how you and I met. Now we met through our mutual friend, Anna. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was probably, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think how many years now. Seven, I think. Yeah, I think it is seven years that we met. And how we met was because Anna was doing her version of the Chocoholics Buffet, mm-hmm. where you basically buy a ticket and you go and you eat chocolate until... <laughs> until you Speaking of how you love chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so until you, you can't eat anymore and then you take the rest home. And, and I know that you were involved in that. And then when Anna decided that she didn't want to do it anymore for a variety of reasons, but she asked me if I wanted to take it over. And I said, sure. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it at the time. And then I turned it into the uh, Everything Chocolate event. And I've done that for four years. And you were involved in that every single year. And um, I love what you created. And and I'm just going to share with everyone what it was. So you created a white chocolate hummus with your dark chocolate baguette. So your dark chocolate pretzels and white chocolate hummus. When you first mentioned that, I'm thinking, okay, so hummus is savory and then the white chocolate is sweet. But somehow the two together were like the perfect combination. So then you would have your baguette, so chocolate baguette, not the pretzel. So the pretzel was not chocolate, but you had your cocoa baguette with the white chocolate hummus and then cranberry seeds on top. And everyone went crazy, absolutely (laughs) crazy for it. And you brought it back every single year because that's what people wanted. They came just for that. Well, no, they came for you. I had no choice. (laughs) Well, no, you had a choice, but no, you had no choice. It's like, no, you need to bring that back. It was so good. And I know I've asked you several times and people have asked as well whether that's something that you can offer. And I know you said that it's when you have your baguettes and then you want to do like a cocoa baguette, you have to change out everything. And so it can be a bit bit of a big production, right? 
yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's something that's so different than what we make in store, right? And so we just make one big batch for, for that evening for the fundraiser. And, and then that was it for the year. It was a one a day, one, one day a year recipe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? People were buying the baguettes to take home because they were, they were just so good. So, you know, so I wanted to mention that that was another creation that, that came from you and, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, we, we should bring that back. <laughs> I love that event. It's such a, it's such a nice event. And the last few years, it was great that there was a lot more savory items too. That way people could eat a lot more instead of just eating sweets. Well, and, and that's what people wanted. You know, the people wanted more savory. You know, I know that uh, there were chocolate stews and different items, you know. Turkey with like a chocolate sauce or something. Yes. Yeah, there was turkey with a chocolate sauce. And uh, what else was there? Chocolate pizza, chocolate bread. Uh, we had chocolate drinks. Yeah, wine. Wine. Oh, <laughs> chocolate, chocolate wine, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great event. It's a really great event. It was. And for Marjorie Bothwell, they did something with chocolate as well, with cheese. And you think cheese and chocolate is like, how is that going to work? But it actually worked really well. Yeah, chocolate cheese curds. Yes, yes. So that everyone really enjoyed those as well. And um, I know the last time we did it was 2019, then of course, pandemic, and we couldn't do it. But I'm thinking of bringing it back, but this time in the spring, perhaps in April instead of November. Anytime. Yeah. So, <laughs> so stay, stay, stay tuned to learn more about the Everything Chocolate event. And hopefully Alex will bring his white chocolate hummus and his cocoa baguette. So yeah, that, that was a winner. <laughs> Now, I want to talk also about your collabs that you do with a number of different companies. So I know that you've got your pate that you offer. And who, who makes that pate for you? It's a Frère Jacques. Um, so he sells his pate in, in a lot of different stores, a, a lot of different grocers, um, like Fromagerie Bothwell, and I, I believe Deluca's and, and other stores. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're really great. We sell lots of that pate. And, you know, like it's just part of the many items um, that we sell from different local companies. I mean, if you're going to have a platform locally, you know, <laughs> it, it, to prop up other businesses uh, that are in the same industries is just such a great thing and privilege to do. Mm -hmm. And I know you, you offer a number of Manitoba made products, which I really appreciate because, you know, when we're, we're there buying our, you know, pastries or breads, and you also, you know, offer a number of different types of bread as well. Well, of course, including the baguette, but it's nice to be able to pick up other items that, uh, you know, I mean, you're, like you said, you've got the space, why not promote other businesses? For coffee, I know when I did my 60 days of co 60 coffees, I know you were offering, I believe it was DeLuca's coffee at the time. So what are you offering now? So at the moment, uh, we're selling uh, Closmo. We just have a drip coffee in our stores that we offer. And I believe it's the Colombian uh, coffee at the moment that we offer. And then on our store shelves at the moment, we have uh, the new coffee bean collection by uh, Empty Cup. Ooh, okay. I haven't been there uh, to see that, so I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. So we like to support different different companies. I mean, we work with so many coffee shops, so we kind of have to <laughs> we have to play <laughs> fair and and give everybody a bit of spotlight there. So 
Yeah, you have to represent. And and I know when you say coffee shops, you offer your sandwiches and pastries at Colossums, of course, and Empty Cup. And what other coffee shops or, or restaurants do you offer your products? Uh, well, our very first contract was a Café Postal, which is not too far from, from our uh, bakery. And so we offer it there. And Colossimo, uh Scout Coffee at her two locations we offer there. Uh, Parkline Coffee in South Osborne. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> but, because you have so many places that's why <laughs> yeah i'm trying to do my my delivery route in my head and <laughs> figure out all the places we stop but uh, yeah a lot of different coffee shops yeah and and we love to work with them on a daily basis to to make sure that you know they have access to some pretty good products mm-hmm. absolutely now when did you open la belle baguette in uh, 2015, July 17th. Okay. <laughs> <Specifically>. <laughs> July 17th. <laughs> well, you know, and it's important that you remember that day because, of course, that's when you, you started your business. And so what made you decide to open your own bakery? I know you talked about getting into baking, so to speak, because of your grandmother and so on. But what what gave you the push to actually say, you know what, I want to have my own bakery? Well, after uh, graduating from pastry school, I moved back to Winnipeg and worked for a a bakery. And um, after that, I applied to a hotel chain, the Fairmont, and I thought I was applying for a job in Winnipeg, but they called me out of Lake Louise and they said, hey, we have a job for you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I just moved out there. And then from there, well, I just kept moving and um, getting work in different provinces. Um, So when I moved back to Winnipeg in 2013, so almost 10 years ago, I didn't really want to work well in pastry, really, I kind of burnt out. And then I and then after that, I just didn't want to work for for anybody else. And then it just the building came up for sale that our bakery is in. And we just went for it. We just bought the building and opened up the shop. And I didn't know exactly what it was going to be like. So I was still in my head. I was like, I am not a baker. I'm a pastry chef. And then, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. But it really evolved really quite rapidly with meeting the demand of the community. We just kept going from there. And what made you decide, I guess, uh, to open a a new location or another location on Ness? And when, when was that open? Yeah, so it was really just two years after our first location and um, just the popularity of the the bakery uh, with our croissants and such. Uh, we just didn't have enough room for production. I mean, as you know, <laughs> it's, it just goes out of control a bit. You know, you hire more staff, you need more production, you sell more things. I mean, it's, it's the snowball effect. So where do you stop? But I mean, we had to get a second location uh, pretty quickly and they were both pretty popular. I mean, the sales were pretty equal at both locations and we were just servicing different parts of the city. So that was pretty great for us for the number of years that we had it. Yeah. And, you know, I know because of COVID, I mean, a lot of changes had to happen. And so concentrating on your bakery in St. Boniface, I mean, that's that's really where you can focus on 
producing all the wonderful items that everybody loves and and uh, looks forward to buying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that was a uh, everyone had a rough few years there, and uh, it was just a decision that we took just to close the nest location and to concentrate all all our resources that we had with the staff and the equipment and just to have it all under one roof was a lot more manageable and it's been pretty great since we've had the one location again so I don't have any regrets <laughs> closing that down <laughs> it was a good personal slash business decision so and you know sometimes you have to make that hard decision to say you know is this what I really want to continue doing and making that decision as you say no regrets because you had a successful run and you had a number of, you know, clients and customers who loved your products and they still love it. So they have to travel a little further to go to St. Boniface. So, I mean, it's just Winnipeg. It's really just yeah. like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the other end of Toronto or anything, you know? No, no. And we don't offer it at the moment, but I mean, we do offer home delivery with our online store. So most of our deliveries are in that part of town, in St. James, Tuxedo, Charleswood. So we know our, our customers miss us. When we get those orders, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And it's good to know that you do offer home delivery for those that are perhaps are not able to, you know, get out to St. Boniface or who just like to order food and deliveries online. So it's good to know that that's an option. Yeah, that we developed pretty quickly at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> it was it was do or die kind of situation. So pretty much like, you know, in the beginning of COVID when everyone was home, it's it was like over 60 deliveries a day. So we were pretty much just packing up all the bags and then just driving all day long. <laughs> so... <laughs> But we did it. <laughs> you did it and you kept the doors open and well, so to speak, but you kept the business going yeah. and that that's important. And <laughs> and again, you have to be creative and, and so because you are so creative, it was something that, you know, let's do this. And you know, prior to COVID, I'm not I'm not sure. Well, perhaps you might have eventually offered home delivery, but it might have taken a little while to get it going. But, you know, it just speeded things along for you a bit. Yeah. Well, it was never something that, you know, we were always approached by all the delivery companies, you know, but before COVID, they always took such a huge chunk of the sales and it was never worth it. I mean, we would, we could sell out on our own. So why bother really, you know, but I mean, they had incentives during COVID where, you know, they wouldn't take any of your, your sales. So, I mean, we dabbled in that, but. Eventually, we just started opened up our own online store and, and doing our own deliveries. And it's just better that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. Now, your mom is still a big part of your business, isn't she? So she was she there from day one? And did you ask her to help? Or did she offer to help? Or how did that come about? Well, in, in the beginning, she was there to help in the front. She wasn't officially a staff. <laughs> she was a volunteer. <laughs> and my sister too was was there with me in the beginning, my older sister. So that was great. But uh, eventually, yeah, she managed the staff in the front. And she ended up on payroll and was just like my front of house manager. These days, she's 
we're fully staffed at the moment for the first time in a long time. So she can take some time off and, and spend it with her grandchildren. And she kind of just helps out one or two days a week when, when we need an extra person. Well, that's wonderful to hear that you're fully staffed because that must be a relief for you. It is. I mean, it's been a struggle. <laughs> there's There's been times where we had just like, I could count my staff on one hand and and as great as that is when your payroll is low it's not so great when all those those few people have to do all the work <laughs> so so it's 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 trying to find the right balance but at the moment we have um a baker in the kitchen 22 hours of the day so there's only a few hours that there's no one there and during those few hours i'm there <laughs> So, I mean, technically, there's always someone in the building, and that's the only way that we can keep up uh, with the man just uh, rolling croissants every single day. <laughs> As you have to meet the demand of your customers who want your product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and our contracts are also open seven days a week. So even though our store is closed, well, just on Mondays. But uh, yeah, we just keep going. Mm-hmm. Now, your husband, Peter, is he involved in the business at all or not so much? No, he had his adventure. His family and him had the Oakwood Cafe for around 25 years. And when we sold that a few years back, that was it. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of time to to be in the food industry. And so, no, he concentrates on his own business, which is like in, in the finance department. So... Of course, he's there to help me, and he's a huge, huge help. And because I'm not very good with the back end of things, so he's always been there to support and to help me. But yeah, we kind of have our own things going, and and that's that's pretty great. Yeah, and it's good to have your own interest in your own business because if you're doing the same thing, then it's good to talk about it, but it's also good to talk to each other about, oh, so how was your day and what's going on? And so learning about what you're doing during the day. And so you can share more and support each other. So it's, it's nice that he, he offers that support, you know, in the financial sort of in the back end for you. So you don't have to worry too much about that. Yeah. We're a pretty great team. <laughs> I'm very <Aww>. thankful <laughs> to have them for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, I'm so happy to hear that. So what is next for you? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> you know, lately there's been so many changes in the industry. I mean, just in the past few weeks, there's been a few bakeries closed down. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of more demand, you know, when when other bakeries close. I mean, we shared the load pretty well. And we definitely cannot take on everything. So we're, we're pretty stable, like the company at the moment. You know, we have our contracts, we have our, our sales, and, and everything's pretty great. This year, I've, you know, with everything kind of coming back to somewhat normal, I've just been trying to take more time for myself as much as I can. I've taken up stained glass. <laughs> so that's one thing. And yeah, I'm just just trying to to run it from home, and I really just do deliveries, and I can bake and create a couple of days a week when I'm at the bakery. 
But apart from that, I just try to relax a bit more, have more of a balanced lifestyle, and just try to find different outlets to be creative. But yeah, I mean, personally, that's that's what's been going on. But it's been a rough two years, so just trying to trying to regroup and to to find a good a better balance. Because I think like what happened with COVID is that we really realized that what we had before was definitely not healthy, <laughs> you know. And and now that we've gotten used to being more relaxed and and kind of taking more time. Um, because we had that luxury, uh, because we were kind of forced to. Now it's kind of just trying to find a way to to keep that. So who knows? I mean, <laughs> who knows what will happen in the future? But we're we're really quite happy with how things are at the moment. Well, that's good to hear. And you're right. I mean, in saying that we realized during COVID that things were not really working out well because we were pushing each other and me for for instance i was you know go 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 i was working full time at the time and i was working part time and teaching zumba and it was just something you did because that's what you did and that's what you were used to doing and then when you were forced to not do it anymore and i i retired from my full time job i you realized that you know what you can't continue doing it and something's got to give and and for me i mean i created my podcast <laughs> during covid and you decided that you needed to make changes in in your business model and and so now that you are fully staffed and you can offer those creative outlets you know like you're saying stained glass and i know that you've shared pictures of all the wonderful um renovations that you've done uh, at your home oh, yeah. which are absolutely beautiful <laughs> but that you know but that requires some time and attention and you know again creativity on your part and you can't do it while you're working you know, as much as you did before. So I'm glad that you are taking that time for yourself and that you have a team that you can trust to do the work and keep the business going and, and keep La Belle Baguette, the wonderful bakery and everything else that it is. Yeah, we're definitely blessed to, to have what, what we have and uh, just working every day to keep it going is hard enough. <laughs> so... There's so many different aspects. But it's following your passion, you know, and, and when you follow your passion, it doesn't seem like work, even though I know you work very, very hard. But, you know, it's always that vision that you're making your customers happy. And that's what keeps you going is is their love of your product, the love of your business, the comments that you get, the appreciation from the community. I mean, I know that you do a lot for the St. Boniface community. And you're also very charitable. And so that has to come from somewhere. And that and that's that comes from within you. Yeah. I mean, that's always been what I wanted to do with my business, you know, just to for it to be a vehicle and, and just to 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 be able to give back. I mean, we do what we do because we love it, right? And once everyone's happy doing what they do, what else is there? Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just getting out there and, and I do miss all those events because, I mean, prior to COVID, I mean, there was a lot of events, fundraisers and, you know, you get out into, into the community, you set out your your table. And, and for us with a storefront, I've never done markets. I've never done, you know, so I rarely have that face to face interaction with with the customer. So 
it's really great to to be able to give back and and to meet the customers. So hopefully it'll come back slowly and <laughs> and we'll we'll be able to get out there with our with our chocolate hummus. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm going to work on getting that up and running and start working on details for that. So again, stay tuned for more information about that because you're right. It, it was a great event and it was showcasing everyone who does a chocolate product. But what I want to include this year is I want, to, or for next year, I should say, is also coffee. So I want to include some coffee and in, with the chocolate. So we'll see how that goes. It's definitely a great combination. We all love coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. I'm sure you had coffee. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> There's no, no shortage of coffee in my life, especially in, with with all the coffee shops we supply to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, definitely a great combination and a labor of love for you. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for being on with me today and talking about everything and everything about your business, about your love of baking, your passion for music, and just being you. And I appreciate you, my friend. And I'm so glad that uh, Anna introduced us. And we've done wonderful things together. And so I, I look forward to doing more together as well. Well, thank you for, for your podcast and, and reaching out to everybody in the community and everything that you do with with connecting everybody. It's you do a really great job. Well, thank you for that, Alex. I appreciate that. All right. Until next time, when you're looking for that wonderful croissant, when you want that delicious bread, you want to try something absolutely delicious. I highly recommend you visit La Belle Baguette in St. Boniface. And what's the address, Alex? Uh, 248 De La Cathedral, just off of Tache. So it's Winnipeg. It's 10 minutes from pretty much everywhere in the city. Well, except maybe Transcona. But <laughs> uh, but no, I, I highly recommend that you visit La Belle Baguette. And I know once you try anything of theirs, you're going to be a customer for life. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.